Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the Readerly Report. Today, Gail and I are back to catch, do a little catch up. I know our last couple of shows have been a little bit, I don't want to say, or I guess I do want to say chaotic, or we were asking for a little bit of time, but I think that we are back. And I think it's safe to say that we are back to our regularly scheduled get-togethers. Yes, at least for the time being. For the time being. So Gail and I are both back off of vacations. We haven't talked to each other in, seems like so long, Gail. Yeah. A couple of weeks, at least three weeks, four weeks. I don't know, because I went to Boston in July. Oh, but it was towards the end of July. July 21st. Yeah, coming up on a month. It seems like longer. Yeah. (laughs) We actually have our big vacation in front of us. Oh, you do? Yeah. You did a couple of little ones for business. and Yeah, we did. I did a business trip and then a college tour for my daughter. And then we're leaving in two days for about 10 days. Yeah. Hopefully that won't impact our recording schedule too much. Yeah. So I've got my big... Hopefully my big chunk of reading ahead of me, but you never know. So on my vacation, I didn't read anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. Sometimes you need to do that. I didn't read anything. I probably took like five books and I did buy one book because there was this cute indie bookstore. We stopped in Mystic, Connecticut on the drive up to Boston. And that town is just so cute. It's like one of the cutest towns I've ever seen. They have that mystic pizza place and we were going to try to watch the movie because, you know, Julia Roberts was in Mystic Pizza. I think it was one of like her first movies. That's something we found out when we were visiting Mystic and saw the little pizza place, but we tried to do all the things. So we did not watch Mystic Pizza. It's still in the back of my head to do, but yeah, we were just catching up. You know, we did a few walking tours and, you know, just fun things at night and fun dinners. So maybe I would read a page or two. I definitely didn't finish anything. Haven't even cracked the spine of the new book that I bought, but I will tell you about it. So how did you make out on your trips? They were not big reading trips at all, but they were short trips. So I've just been reading just regular daily life reading. I'm going to Europe on Tuesday, which is kind of crazy given what's going on with COVID. But as of now, we're still going and I have a big stack and I'm hoping that I'll be able to read some there, although we have a kind of an ambitious itinerary and I don't know if I'll be able to get to that many. But, you know, I've got the plane over, I've got night times and stuff like that. So with this for us is a general catch up, general check in, say hello, see what we've been reading. I'm going to ask Gail about what she's planning to take on vacation. I think last time we talked a little bit about books that we were looking forward to. If anything popped, we're about to get into the book season. I've been looking at lots of book lists and trying to winnow it down for fall. So that's going to be coming up. So what have you been reading since we last spoke? Well, my biggest thing to report is I read my second five-star read of the year. Ooh, which one was that? It is called What Could Be Saved by Lise O'Halloran Schwartz. And I think this is a book I talked about. I'm reading that. Oh, you're reading it now? Yep. Oh, good. I think we talked about this on a maybe the winter preview show or spring. I don't know. I don't remember when it came out. Yeah, I think one of us mentioned it on one of the preview shows and I had said that I was going to read it like one of my friends and reading it with her. Oh, good. Okay. How far into it are you? I'm not that far. The story is about a young boy who goes missing and then he turns up later or someone claiming to be him turns up later. 
And he goes missing, I believe, when the family had been living in Bangkok. Like the father was on a business assignment there. So I'm at the point where I have just figured out that, you know, they had enrolled him in boxing lessons and they were really Muay Thai lessons. <laughs> it's a totally different thing. So he hasn't, whatever is going to happen around this family, like he hasn't been kidnapped yet or however he goes missing, it has not happened yet. The start of this book is a little slow and it took me a little bit to get into it. But once I did, I couldn't put it down. I think it's so good. I mean, even though it is slow, he's not a diplomat, but it is about this family adjusting to living in Bangkok in Thailand. And I guess the mother feels like they really should have been in and out. Like the assignment should have been a year. It's kind of dragged on. And, you know, it's about their relationship, the friendships between the siblings. It's so beautifully written. I love the dual time, the dual place. The parts that take place in the present take place in DC, very, very close to where I grew up. And at one point she talks about a school and she starts to describe it. And I said, that is where I went to school. (laughs) So I uh, tweeted the author and I just said... For high school? I went there four to 12. So I tweeted at the author and I said are you talking about, you know, mention the name of the school. And she tweeted me right back. She said, yes. And so we started writing back and forth. And then we were supposed to discuss this for my book club two nights ago. And unfortunately we had to reschedule it because the woman who was hosting something came up and she couldn't host. So we're going to do it in the beginning of September, but she's going to FaceTime with us. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, really nice. I'm excited about that. And she seems so nice. And I just thought the book, it was so hard to put down. Just beautifully written book. Well, I have some reading time in my future as we record this on a Sunday morning. So I'll probably get back to that. A bubble bath is in my future. This is a good bubble bath book. It's so consuming. So I read a couple of uh, repeat author books since we last spoke. Ooh, those are always good. Well, actually, did we discuss Malibu Rising on the show? I think kind of briefly, I think you had come to the conclusion that you're not a big Taylor Jenkins Reid fan of her new stuff. You like her older stuff better. Yeah. That's how I feel about this one. This one was like very forgettable. I don't really get the hype around this book. Was it Hollywood? It's Malibu. Oh, was it the film industry? Nope. The dad, the one who kind of abandons the family, he's actually a musician. So there's no, other than some like tangential references to actors and actresses and a little bit of mention of Hollywood, it's really not a Hollywood story. It's about Malibu. It's about these siblings living in Malibu by the beach. They're mostly surfers. Their dad, it becomes a famous musician and he kind of comes and goes in their life. And it's about this party that they have every year. And the book takes place the day of the party with lots and lots of flashbacks. And, you know, it's just about these four siblings and how they manage to live on their own because their parents left them early and young. It's just the drama in their lives. I don't know. I was sort of, by the end of it, I was kind of like, what was the point of that? I think she wanted to write a book set in Malibu in the 70s. And so she did. It's almost like she had the setting and she had the atmosphere and the plot came last. That's how it seemed to me. I haven't read enough of her books to know. Does she normally like to write historical fiction? Well, Evelyn Hugo, I guess, had a fair amount of looking back on her life. So did Daisy Jones in the 70s. I mean, she obviously loves the 70s music scene. She wrote about that in Daisy Jones. So like, Clearly, that's a time of life that she is drawn to and finds really interesting. And I think that's one of the things I liked about this book was the setting and the time. I just sort of felt like I just didn't, I didn't really care that much about like what happened. 
And then I read another, actually two books by repeat authors. One is All Together Now by Matthew Norman, who wrote Domestic Violets, which I read, and then another book, Last Couple Standing, which I have not read. And this is a book about four friends from high school, and one of them has become very, very wealthy. And he rents this house, a beach house in Delaware for a weekend, and he invites the other three to come. They're now in like in their late 30s or something. And he invites the other three to come and he basically tells them, and this is not a spoiler, so I'm not ruining this for anyone if, if you haven't read this yet. He basically tells them that he's dying. He has cancer and he's, you know, doesn't have much time left. So he has some things he wants to sort of settle and address or make happen for his friends. And that is what happens over the course of this weekend that they're together at the beach house. And it was like easy, absorbing read, but Again, like it felt kind of superficial. I felt like he could have done more with that story than he did. So it was fine. I wasn't like in love with it. And then the other one that was also a repeat author is called Wayward by Dana Spiata. How was that? I've seen that book browsing and I'm always half a second away from buying it. It's mixed. I would say there are like flashes of brilliance in that book and parts that are really kind of weird. So it's about this woman living in Syracuse, Rochester, Syracuse. Maybe it is Rochester, I can't remember. She's in her 50s, she's married, she has a kid. And like on impulse one day, she buys a house, like downtown, kind of dilapidated, old, once grand house in a kind of like dicier neighborhood than where she lives. Cause she lives in the suburbs and you know some fancy modern house. And she basically leaves her husband and her daughter, who's a senior in high school, and moves into this house and starts to fix it up. So this book is really about like being a middle-aged woman and like feeling rage, rage at like, there's a lot of talk about Trump, rage at the country, rage at the way women are treated, rage at her husband. That sounds like something I don't want to read. (laughs) That you do or do not? Do not. It sounds like too much rage. There's a lot of rage. Yeah, I just don't want to read a book where people are raging against Trump. Yeah, in some ways, the author does such a great job of sort of encapsulating like what it's like to be her, like getting in her head. But then there's a lot of extraneous characters. She kind of meets a bunch of other people who are slightly on the fringe, like people who are super, super militant and, you know, very angry. And then there were parts of it that just were like meandered and I don't know. Okay. So it sounds like it was all over the place. It was a bit all over the place. So I didn't hate it. And I did it on audio, which I don't recommend. I feel like audio is not good for books that meander. Or probably are ragey. Like, I think it's better to be able to encounter that anger and kind of, I don't know, modulate it or it's a remove as opposed to when someone's like in your ear with it. This book is not for everyone. So I don't want to give a big like, yeah, go out and read this book to then have people read it and be like, oh, why did she recommend that to me? So it's not that I didn't like it. I just do a bunch of research on this before you read it. Like pick it up in a store, go get, look at a paper copy or, you know, download a sample or something. Read a few sections. Read a few sections and see what you think. So I had read another book by her called Innocence and Others many years ago, and I liked it. This sounded compelling to me, but in the end, I was like, this is really unrealistic. So what about you? You didn't do any reading on vacation, but did you do any when you got back? Not really. I don't know what, oh yeah, what I've been doing. Like I've been working on a few projects for my own website, like just rehauling it and reorganizing it. So I haven't had a lot of time to read. What I did finally finish though was 
Chumpa Lahiri's novel, Whereabouts. Like I would read a page or a chapter in Boston before bed and it'd be like, I'd read two pages and just be completely wiped out from the day. Cause we, <laughs> it was like one day I walked like 14 miles or something, just walking around the city and we had done a walking tour. So I was not my usual stay up late reading, get up early reading, just because I was just literally physically tired. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that is kind of like the perfect book for if you only have a little time or, I mean, the chapters are super short. So I could read a chapter and feel accomplished after reading two to three pages. And I'd mentioned this before. This is a book that it seems like it recommends itself to slow reading. It's about this middle-aged woman who's living in Italy. I think she's in Rome, but it's just about her relationships. You know, she's a teacher, she's single. She has a complicated relationship with her parents. I think her father is dead. And it's just like snapshots of her life, you know, like what conversation she might have had with someone at the market when she wandered into a bar, like the latest conversation she had with her lover, a trip that she took. I don't know. Her writing is just so beautiful. I don't know how she makes everything profound. Like you read about this woman walking across a bridge and running into her neighbor and it's like, oh, that's so deep. I just felt with each chapter, she just left me with something to contemplate and how she just really built this intricate character. And I loved it. I have to say, I have so much respect for the way she does things. Like she doesn't rush any books out. She's only written four or five. I mean, she moved to Italy, learned a language, (laughs) wrote a book in Italian, and this is her fiction one that she wrote in Italian and translated herself into English. I don't know. I just respect that kind of dedication to craft or dedication to deciding to do something like that. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I won't be running off to Italy, learning Italian, writing a book in Italian and then translating it into English. But I don't know. I feel like she has an ethos that I aspire to in terms of, you know, if you like something, go deep on it. Don't just turn out stuff just to put it out. Yeah, she's amazing. I love her writing. And it goes against our productivity culture. I mean, not that she's not productive. She's learned an entirely different language, become fluent and is a writer in it. But that's a slow process. And to be able to commit to that as opposed to, you know, rushing to just put out a book every six months or once a year even to just take your time with something. I love it. And I feel like it shows like every book that she's written, whether you love it or not, she's like really deeply probing whatever topic that she's choosing to focus on. A lot of times immigrant experience in adjusting. And I can't remember if it, it's not the namesake. It's maybe it's an unaccustomed earth where that's basically just about this woman who is finding herself and fighting for her rights before that's allowed. So she makes some questionable choices around what's good for her family and just talking about expectations for women. So I'll probably read anything she writes. I think I will too. My daughter just downloaded that book, the one that she wrote about language, nonfiction that came out before this one, because she's going to write her college essay about languages, because that's one of the things that she's you know, really been interested in in high school. And uh, I'll have to ask her how that was. I want to read that one. I think actually it wasn't an unaccustomed earth that I was talking about. It was a little land. Oh, right. Where she comes from India and lives with her husband in Rhode Island. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unaccustomed Earth might have been her short stories and the namesake was the one that was made into a movie. I don't know. I didn't love the namesake, it seems like. You didn't <laughs> love it? Oh my God. I don't know. I loved it. I'm looking at them on my shelf. I've got 
The Lowland, the namesake, yes, Unaccustomed Earth. And oh, Interpreter of Maladies was her short stories. Was Unaccustomed Earth also short stories? Yeah, it was eight stories. So that's one that I was reading there and I finished. I started reading A Slow Fire Burning by Paula Hawkins. I'm listening to it on audio. I really like that. I really like the direction that she's taking after Girl on the Train. And I really liked her second novel that came out a couple of years ago. So she seems like she's really interested in exploring small town relationships, relationships that happen among a small circle of people. All of her novels, I feel like, involve either a disappearance or murder. And at the beginning of this one, a young man is found murdered in his houseboat. And there are three women who are kind of either a little tangentially, like one he's just met and maybe had a one night stand with. One is his aunt, another is a neighbor. Each of these women has a story, like some anger that they're carrying around. And it's exploring their relationships to the traumas in their life as this police investigation unfolds into whether, you know, like who did it. I'm really enjoying it on audio. The book itself comes out, I think, August 31st, but I am listening to it. I got a copy from Libro FM and Rosamund Pike reads it. So that's good. I think she's a good narrator. So that's what I'm reading. Okay. Did you mention what you were reading? You told us what you had read. Yeah. So I'm reading right now. It's another book that's just unusual. I'm reading the new Catherine Heine book, Early Morning Riser. Also a repeat author. I've read, I think, two other books by her. I read Standard Deviation and then the short stories that she wrote. Oh, Single Carefree Mellow. So I loved her short stories. That first one, Single Carefree Mellow. I read it many years ago and thought it was great. And then Standard Deviation, I didn't love. It kind of bugged me. Like I thought the characters were a little over the top and I just didn't love it. And this one, Early Morning Riser is her latest. And I, I've definitely heard mixed things about this, you know, from Sarah and Catherine Gilmore Guide. I've just heard some people have liked it. I think Catherine liked it. Sarah did not. And I picked it up because I had it on audio and I just thought I would give it a try. And it's definitely different from like Single Carefree Mellow, like had a lot of edge to it. And I felt like stories were really funny and slightly dark. And then Standard Deviation, not quite as dark or not quite as kind of edgy, but it, it had like these over-the-top characters. And this one feels really different. So it's about a woman living in a small town in Michigan. And the book basically, each chapter is a different year of things that happen in her life. And just not a whole lot that happens. It's this small town and these characters in the small town, she gets involved with this man, they break up, but there's enough to it. There's enough like sort of drama happening with these characters that I do feel invested and I'm enjoying it. It's not, you know, after like what could be saved where you've just got this super plot driven, like suspenseful novel. It's not like that. And I can see why it's not for everyone. I can see why some people don't like it, but I see why a lot of people do like it. I'm glad I'm reading it. So I'm like maybe two thirds of the way done. I was kind of hoping to finish it before I went on vacation so I don't have to bring it with me and I have to cram (laughs) when I've got a lot of other things to do in the next 48 hours before we leave. Finishing this book is going to be hard, but I'm going to try. I don't know. I like it. Did you read anything of her earlier stuff? I don't think so. For some reason, I thought I had maybe read her short story. So while you were talking about her, I was looking that up. I don't think I read anything by her. I think I meant to. When I read the blurb for Standard Deviation, I didn't think I would like it. Yeah, it was over the top, the uh, the Standard Deviation. I thought it was a departure from what I liked about the short stories. Yeah. 
I said I laughed out loud during it. It was about these kind of flawed characters related a lot to the people in Single Carefree Mellow. And I loved that the title was like, like none of the characters were any of those adjectives. Like they were, none were single, carefree, or mellow. Did they hope to be? No, I mean, I think it's a little bit like a lot about like young parenthood and marriage and like kind of the frustrating sides of it. Like it just, let's see, I'm trying to think what I said. There are people who are deeply entrenched in relationships, highly introspective and emotionally intense. That's the exact opposite of those three adjectives. I don't know. I really, really liked it. And then she came and she spoke at politics and prose with a bookstore near me. So I did, there was a and a and then I, I sort of transcribed the Q&A on my blog. That's when I kind of like fell in love with her as a writer. And then that standard deviation was definitely, it felt very different from the short stories. And this one, again, feels really different from the other two. This one is a lot gentler. Not that everything that happens in the book is positive or good. It's not as pointed of a book. It's softer, but I'm still liking it a lot. Another book I wanted to mention on the show that I read. So the book of Vessi was a book that came out a couple of years ago about this girl living in an evangelical Christian family who is also on a reality show. And uh, the reality show is just follows their family around, you know, it's kind of like the Duggars. They have this persona of being these super upright things. And she turns out to be pregnant. That's not a spoiler. That happens really early on. And so the question is like, how is she going to reconcile this pregnancy with her family and the public image that they have. Anyway, I really liked the Book of Essie. And a book came out this summer. It's kind of like the Book of Essie. It's called God Spare the Girls by Kelsey McKinney. And it's about these two girls living in a small town in Texas. Their father is an evangelical preacher. The older daughter's getting married. And then they get some information that sort of makes them rethink their family and rethink their father. And the question is, how do they deal with this sort of departure from who they appear to be in the world versus who they really are, their family. And, you know, do they stay loyal to the family, to the father, to the church? Do they try to, you know, branch out, move on, et cetera? And it was fine. It was a debut novel. And it's funny, somebody commented on my Instagram post that it read like YA. And that when she said that, I was like, that's exactly right. I thought you liked the book of Essie. I love the Book of Essay. This is God Spare the Girls okay. that I didn't love. Yeah, no, the Book of Essay was great. And I was kind of trying to get that in this one because I'd read comparisons to it. People were like, oh, if you like the Book of Essay, try God Spare the Girls. And it didn't really hold a candle to the Book of Essay. It did feel like YA. It felt it was so repetitive. It was like lots of analysis of the relationship between the two sisters. But I kind of got it after the chapter one, but the author kept sort of threading those themes about older sister, younger sister through the whole book. And I was like, you know, you said that two pages ago, like you don't need to repeat that. (laughs) And then it just, you know, there was no like big climax. There was no big confrontation. There was no big like reckoning. Where's the oomph in this? After you read through everything. Yeah. Just kind of floated along. So I don't really recommend it. That was God Spare the Girls by Kelsey McKinney. Just not, didn't live up to what I had hoped. I want to see what the cover looks like. Oh, the cover's really pretty. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like sunset, like a fiery orange sky. Oh, it is pretty. I have to say the publishers have really stepped up their cover game lately. All the covers I have are beautiful. Yeah, this looks like something I would read. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd see this across the bookstore. You'd be like, oh yeah, God spare the girls. And wander over to see what's going on. Yeah. Okay, can I tell you what I'm bringing on vacation and you can weigh in on what you think? How long is your flight? You're going to... Amsterdam. Amsterdam, so... 
Yeah, six, seven, eight hours. I don't know. A long time. I don't think that's long anymore because I've flown to all right to Asia to Asia twice. So I'm just like, oh, that's nothing, right? Yeah, it's like flying <laughs> to California. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> okay, I'm bringing the plot. Did you read the plot? I did. Okay, my criteria for this vacation reading. I just want books that like I'm going to have a hard time putting down, so that when I have a moment to read, I'm just going to grab it and want to read it. And I've heard that the plot is like once you get started, like that's really good. Yes. I think it has a little bit of a slow start as they set up, you know, the situation and the characters. And I wonder if I'm saying that because someone said that. I mean, it is, it's not like there is a little setup situation, but I didn't feel like it was that long. And I really did like, if you read the plot, then I think we should discuss it. Cause I think it was just like, they had some interesting things to say about stories and ideas and where we get our stories from and who's entitled to tell them. Ooh, good. Okay. All right. So what's next? The book that everyone is talking about, The Paper Palace. Oh, I feel like I've heard about it from you like six times now. So I'm just like, yeah, everyone's talking about it. Maybe I should read it. (laughs) Oh, maybe it's just Gail talking about it. It's maybe Reese's book this month. I bought this in San Diego at the airport and I've been like holding off, saving it for the vacation. So this is a book about a, a woman about the same age as a woman in Wayward. But I think she is at her beach house with her husband and another couple. And then she first, like the night, maybe it all takes place in one night with a bunch of flashbacks. She sleeps with the husband of the other couple and she's sort of at a crossroads who I think she's known for a long time. And the question is like, should she stay in her marriage or maybe be with this man? But I think there's actually a lot of trauma in it, like in her past. So I've heard like trigger warnings about this book. So I don't know, everyone who's read it seems to love it. I'm bringing, have you heard of the book, The Idea of You? Yes. Have you read it? That's so funny. I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to order that. I haven't read it. I've heard about it. And I was looking at something that's supposed to be similar. Like it's a a love story between these two. I think one may be a famous musician. The other one is an actress. But I have heard of the idea of you and um, was like the Harry Styles romance with older woman. A 30 something mom who like takes her daughter to a concert. (laughs) that's One Direction-esque band, ends up like somehow meeting the singer. And then I think they have a relationship. So I've heard people seem to love this book. So I was like, that sounds like a good vacation read. Yeah, it reminds me when everyone loved Verity and I kept hearing about it and I finally had to read it. And I think that's approaching that status for me. It's been out for a few years. Yeah, it has been out for a few years, but like it keeps popping up. So I got it from the library. So I need to read it. I'm sure it'll be due when I get back. And then I picked up this uh, memoir that I keep hearing people talk about, which I ended up swapping for called The Nowhere Girl or Nowhere Girl about a girl growing up in a family. And I think maybe her parents are in the CIA and they move all the time and they're constantly sort of changing identities and moving all over the place. And people said it's great. So I've got that one too. And then a couple others I'll probably throw in at the last minute. Those are the ones I'm really hoping to get through while on vacation. That sounds reasonable. I mean, for a long flight, a couple of nights, I mean, there will be some, I think you'll have a little bit more downtime. And I'm trying to pack so lightly. As a result, I'm feeling really anxious about (laughs) bringing all these books because of course they're all hardcover or paperback. I'm having trouble getting the Kindle to work. I don't like reading on Kindle anyway, so I really want to bring them. I'll find a way to squeeze them in. Yeah, I feel like you can't read on Kindle because anytime you do, you don't have a good... I don't like it. You don't like it. Right. 
That's exactly right. You don't like the book and maybe you would have liked it. Right. So that's the plan. That sounds like a good plan. All right. Thank you. I'd love to hear what you think about the plot to maybe talk about that. And then I guess we could also discuss the Lisa Halloran. When I finish, you know, I have an appointment with it later on, on my super chill Sunday. Good. I'm so glad to hear what you think of it. Yeah. So far, it seems really good. I think my friend said, because we're on our summer of thrillers, and of course, this is about like, if this the young man who comes back is really their sibling or not, but she said it wasn't what she expected. Because I feel like it's probably more literary fiction than it is thriller. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I'm getting right now. But of course, who knows what I will think by the time I finish. I think that's right. It's definitely literary fiction, but it has a mystery element to it. All right. Well, I think until next time, we're at a good place. So next time we're going to check back in with Gail, see how her vacation reading went, what she loved and if we have any overlap on those two books. And then it will be time for us to roll out our fall preview stuff. Wow. God, it's hard to believe we're already talking about fall. I know. This has been such a weird summer. Yeah. (laughs) It has been a weird summer. I mean, I think people had such high hopes for this summer. We did. It's just, you know, I mean, and I think we all got a glimpse of it in like June and July and then everything just kind of started to like crumble again. (laughs) Yeah. With the mask stuff, you know, I know it was supposed to be okay if you had been vaccinated to not wear a mask. I think we went a little too quickly and then it just got out of control. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. We are where we are and we shall see. All right. Well, welcome back. And uh, we, I look forward to catching up when I get back from the trip. Yeah. Welcome back and farewell to you. <laughs> okay. Hello. Goodbye. Hello. Goodbye. Until next time. Happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks. Thanks.